afternoon, Metro Augusta. This is Janice Allen Jackson, welcoming you to the July 29th edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. Today's show is brought to you by my favorite airport, the Augusta Regional, and my own consulting firm, Janice Allen Jackson and Associates. Today, I will feature the candidates in the Augusta Commission District 1 race, who are Jordan Johnson and Michael Thurman. But before they join us, we will talk census, the voting process, and a couple of other things. As the U.S. Census Bureau sends out its final reminder postcards this week to more than 34 million households, that's right, I said 34 million households that have not yet responded to the census, this is the time once again to turn our full attention to encouraging everyone you know to complete the census. So far, the national self-response rate to the census is 62.4% as of a couple of days ago. The self-response rate here in Georgia is lower at 58.2%. And further, the self-response rate in our 12th congressional district, which is where most of us live, is even lower at 53.2%, which is to say that we're almost nine percentage points below the, or are nine percentage points below the national self-response rate. As always, the Census Bureau will send their enumerators out between now and October 31st to count those households which did not respond so far. But especially in the era of COVID-19, I consider this to be or hit and or miss exercise. It is far better to respond yourself than to trust that they will indeed knock on everyone's door to make sure that they are counted. In case you have lost the census form that was mailed to you back in March, the easiest way to complete the census is to go to 2020census.gov. And if you don't have access to the internet, you can call them. That phone number is 844-330-2020. Again, 844-330-2020. This year, as you know, there are three ways to fill out the census, which is new. It used to be just you filled out the handwritten form and stuck it back in the mail. They added telephone service, and this year for the very first time, they added internet service. So we've got three ways to get this done. And I know, um, some of us will make assumptions about, oh, yeah, we know so-and-so's completed the census because they always do it. They've always done it. You know, you just never know. You'd be surprised at the number of people who do not uh, do the census. Also, because Georgia's self-response rate is below the national average, the Census Bureau has initiated a 2020 Census Push for Georgia campaign. Hopefully, you heard announcements during your online church services this week about that. In addition, there are organizations like the Greater Augustus Interfaith Coalition that have stepped up their activities to highlight the importance of the census. For those of you who are on Facebook, you can find informative and well-produced videos related to the benefits of the census there at the Greater Augustus Interfaith Coalition Facebook page. Feel free to go there, watch those videos, and share those with others who are on social media with you. Also on this coming Friday, July 31st, the Greater Augustus Interfaith Coalition will have a Freestyle Friday rap battle. 
with rappers from our area performing original raps, always census themes. The goal is to engage young people so that they learn the importance of fulfilling their civic duty of completing the census. The virtual party will appear on the Greater Augustus Interfaith Coalition's Facebook page and on their website at greateraic.org. That is again this Friday, July 31st, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. We believe this will be a really entertaining evening and viewers will get to take part by voting to determine which rappers did the best job. So in addition to learning about the census, in addition to seeing some local talent uh, on display in terms of rap, um, we're going to also make sure that you have the opportunity to participate by voting on the best ones. And for those of you who are thinking, oh gosh, rap, hip hop, I don't know if I can stand it. We will let you know that uh, we've instituted some pretty uh, uh, solid rules for the participants, as in no profanity, no personal attacks, etc. So it should be an evening of good, clean fun. Also, I want to talk to you today about an article that was in the New York Times recently. Uh, the New York Times did a lengthy feature story on voting in Georgia. And unfortunately, this story did not put Georgia in the best light. Among other things, it pointed out weaknesses of the electronic scanners used to count votes. It pointed out the very long lines at some polling places, particularly in Fulton County, uh, as they are the state's most populous county. Uh, they also uh, gave us some guidance in terms of uh, where we are with the new uh, voting machines and, and how we need to approach that in order for us to ensure that there is not uh, voter su suppression in Georgia so that we can't allow anybody in essence to uh, suppress our votes. Uh, in relationship to the electronic scanners, uh, this conversation is in particular about those of us with many who chose to vote absentee this time around because we were reluctant to go into uh, the polls and facing large crowds or standing in long lines there. Uh, but you know, while that seems safe for us from a health perspective, um, there is a chance that those ballots were not properly counted. Um, as people have examined post-election, looked at some of the mail-in ballots across the state, they realized that the scanners were programmed to ignore marks that filled in less than a certain percentage of a ballot's black outlined oval. For instance, in Athens-Clark County, they said that they reviewed 76 ballots and found that 12 of those 76 included votes clearly visible to the human eye that had not been counted by the scanners. And think about that, if 12 out of 76 let's say there are a few hundred votes per county times 159 counties in Georgia, you could result in thousands of absentee ballots that were rejected because they used an X mark or a check mark or something like that that only covered a very small percentage of that oval. So the best advice I can give you is to make sure that your vote counts by filling it in completely, you know, just color it like, like a coloring exercise almost, fill in those ovals completely to ensure that the electronic scanners pick up your selection. 
Okay, so that's one thing for us to be concerned about as we uh, pick up absentee ballots. If we choose to vote the absentee for the August 11th runoff, uh, please uh, make sure that you are filling in that oval entirely so that this machine will not reject your ballot. Also, um, the things I think I discussed in a prior show want to remind you, for the June 9th primary, of course, the Georgia Secretary of State's office mailed out applications for absentee ballots. They are not doing that for the runoff. In some counties, like for instance, DeKalb County, uh, they have taken it upon themselves to send the absentee ballot voting applications to voters for August 11th, just like the state did back in June. But that was an individual county decision. And so far, as far as I know, Richmond County has not decided to do that. Um, we will not, as I indicate, we won't get the absentee ballot applications like we did last time, unless, of course, the exception being the elderly and disabled uh, and those who may be out of the country regularly receive absentee ballots. So if you're in that category, you can request to always get an absentee ballot. In that instance, you will get one or have already gotten one. I have talked to some who said they've already received that absentee ballot for August 11th. For the rest of us, we've got the two choices. One, we can go online and complete the absentee ballot application or go to the Board of Elections office and complete that application and um, send it back in. Or we can vote in person uh, during early voting, which has already began, begun, began on July 20th, or on August 11th at our normal polling places. So our choices this time around, just so everybody's clear, you take it, the initiative upon yourself to get an absentee ballot by filling out that application, or uh, you go ahead and vote in, in, in person. So those are our choices to make sure that we are not disenfranchised for the August 11th primary. I know uh, last time we talked about low voter turnout. Uh, many times in uh, runoff elections, voter turnout may be less than you know 15%, less than 10%, but that is not a responsible way for us to go about this. So please make it your business to either get in early and vote uh, or uh, to, to uh, go on August 11th. I did mention a uh, moment about how some counties in Georgia have made the decision to send out uh, absentee ballot applications to their residents or to their registered voters. Uh, I also mentioned that as far as I know, such a decision has not been made to do so in Richmond County. Uh, that, of course, reminds me of who is it that makes those types of decisions. And that is a group that's called the Board of Elections. It is a citizen board consisting of five members and each member is appointed to a four-year term and may serve up to two consecutive terms. Currently, those five people representing Richmond County are uh, Tim McFalls, he's the chairman, and he is a nonpartisan appointee of the Augusta Commission. Other representatives on that board are selected by the political parties. The Republican Party has two selections and the Democratic Party has two appointees. For the Republican Party, they are Sherry T. Barnes, who serves as vice chair of the Board of Elections, and Bob Finnegan, who's uh, the other Republican board member. On the Democratic side, Terrence Dix is a board member and Marsha Brown is 
the secretary of the Board of Elections, and those two are appointed by the Democratic Party. So you've got a five-person group uh, that makes key decisions related to the voting process here in our county. Also, if you would like to attend a meeting of the Board of Elections, that is possible. The Richmond County Board of Elections meets on the second Monday of each month at 6 p.m. in the Board of Elections office located in the Municipal Building in Suite 500. Those meetings, as I said, are open to the public. You can come at any time to observe the functions of that board. And because they are appointed to represent you, if you have concerns, uh, certainly you can get in touch with them to let them know what your concerns are. As I indicated, today is the day that we feature candidates for the Augusta Commission District 1 race. Uh, before we hear from Mr. Johnson and Mr. Thurman, I want to tell you a little bit about District 1. Sometimes there are things that we assume that we know um, that we really don't. You know, we find out some things that surprise us, and I'm a resident of District 1. Uh, so let me share this with you. Uh, it is very vast in terms of geography. I think most of us, at least I did, I kind of think about it as East Augusta, Old Town, Downtown, Laney Walker neighborhood, Harrisburg, and Sand Hills. But if you really think about it, this uh, boundary goes all the way to the South Carolina line. You know, East Augusta is roughly East Augusta to South Carolina. So it goes all the way to the South Carolina line. It goes all the way to the airport. And as I indicated, it includes Sand Hills. So it uh, runs uh, quite a vast, vast uh, geographic area covers a vast geographic area. One of the surprises for me also was in terms of demographics, if we go back to the 2010 census, which tells you so much about why it is so important for us to complete that census, is according to the 2010 census, this district only includes 16,584 people of voting age and a total population of 20,904, making it the smallest of the eight commission districts in total population. And see, that's my surprise. I never would have guessed that it was smaller in terms of, popu in terms of population um, than some of the others, but it is the very smallest uh, with uh, only 20,000 residents. Some of the other districts actually have over 25,000 up to 29,000 residents in a, in a commission district. Also, in terms of the uh, racial makeup of the district, as of 2010, census data shows that it was 63.5% black, roughly 2% Hispanic, and roughly 35% white. Um, as of the voting, among those of voting age population, it was 60.27% black, 1.8% Hispanic, and 38% white. So, we know that those numbers will probably be different when the 2020 census is completed. But for what we have right now, those are the numbers for this district. As you would recall, uh, there were five individuals vying for that seat. Uh, the two individuals who emerged uh, from the primary uh, to make into the runoff were Jordan Johnson and Michael Thurman. Uh, Mr. Thurman, in fact, was the leading vote getter uh, but it was a very tight race, uh, and uh, these two in individuals 
did get the highest number of votes. You know that according to Georgia law, in order to avoid a runoff, the leading vote getter has to get over 50% of the vote. So neither gentleman was able to do that. And that's how they wound up in a runoff. If you want to learn more about these candidates, they each have websites set up for the campaign. Uh, Jordan's is www.jordan4augusta.com. Michael's is thurman4district1.com, and that's district one with the number one. Thurman4district1.com, jordan4augusta.com. Uh, there you'll learn biographical information. They'll tell you about uh, family life, where they grew up, how they grew up. Uh, you'll notice uh, more about their ambitions in life, how they've dedicated their time uh, to serve community. A lot of good information there if you want just the basics on who those candidates are. Uh, today, uh, like last week, we talked about District 9. We had those two candidates come in and answer uh, two primary questions. Uh, those questions being, uh, what do you believe that the Augusta Commission is missing? And how do you propose to fill those gaps uh, with the commission to ensure that they are whole and complete? So at this time, we will hear from uh, Mr. Johnson first and then Mr. Thurman, and we will be back. Hello, Jordan. Welcome to the show today. Thank you for having me. First, I want to congratulate you on making the runoff. It was a tough race. You had five competitors. Um, and that night, I believe that things were just going back and forth. You couldn't quite tell who was going to make the runoff. Uh, so uh, congratulations on making it through. Thank you so much. It was definitely a nail biter, but I'm grateful that uh, that the voters allowed me to, to, to keep going. <laughs> right, right. And in the spirit of uh, continuing here, uh, what is it? that you think the Augusta Commission needs the most right now? I think we need folks who are willing to collaborate with one another, folks who are willing to uh, put themselves aside and work for the greater good. We need people who are able to communicate a vision and, uh, and get their colleagues on board to support that vision. Augusta is in such a great position where growth is concerned uh, and, just change, uh, and just change as a whole. Uh, we need folks who understand that who can see that and who have the, uh, the the ability to sort of lead that change. So being collaborative, being visionaries, uh, and, and just sort of working together on the same goal these next uh, four, to, four to eight years. Okay. And tell me, why is it that um, you believe that you are equipped to supply those things that the commission needs the most? Well, I've, I've tried to employ those types of qualities throughout my professional life, throughout my career, throughout uh, just in my personal life, you know, not just professional. I like to be someone who uh, who could be a launching launching pad for others. I like to be someone who uh, who would listen to other ideas. I'm I'm not the type of person who has to be right all the time. I understand that I'm not the smartest person in the room, so I can collaborate and work with someone who has a better idea than me. Uh, I feel like you know if if uh, if if someone gets it in District One and I didn't propose it, then it's still good because they got it. So I think that I'm good for this role uh, because collaboration is something that I value. I'm not a confrontational person. Um, I am aggressive in getting about, in going about getting certain things done, but as far as confrontation and just discourse, that's not who I am. Um, I like to work with folks. I like to consider myself to be a, a statesman, someone who would bring people together. And I want to be able to, um, to take what I've done uh, on the private side of my life and you know, on my professional side to, uh, to the commission and sort of work together with my fellow 
commissioners and, and department heads, the mayor's office, to start getting some of these projects accomplished that we've been talking about all campaign season, like drainage and solving the food desert, things of that nature. Okay. Uh, Jordan, we've got a couple minutes left. Um, are there any other things that you would like to share with our listeners today? Absolutely. You know, we are at the, the last uh, go-round for this campaign with only a few weeks left. We're counting down the days. We're almost in the single digits. So I want folks to know that their voices matter, that their vote counts, uh, and, and that in a Jordan Johnson as, as your first, as your district one commissioner, having Jordan Johnson as your district one commissioner would mean that you have someone that's listening to you that's accessible. If you can't keep me on the phone, you can, you can, you can come knock on my door, especially if you live in East Augusta. So I want folks to know that I'm accessible, that I'm here to help them. Um, this, this commission doesn't pay enough money for it to be self-serving. It only uh, is, is there for me to serve the people. So um, I want them to know that I'm, I'm going to be somebody who's here to serve them, and I'm serious about the issues that we face in our community. Uh, and I, I'll be honored if they allow me to, uh, to serve them as, as their commission. Is there one thing about Jordan that people don't know that you want to share today? You've oh, got, you got a few seconds left. I'm shy. I really am. Really? Yeah, I'm shy. I'm, 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 I'm naturally shy. And uh, when it's time to speak, I have to pump myself up in my head. I have to give myself a pep talk. I'm extremely shy. I'm a shy nature type of person. But people, don't, they, don't, they don't know that because I have to pump myself up an hour before I approach people. <laughs> but that's, what, that's me. No one really knows. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for Thank you. joining me today. And we wish you the best. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Michael, thank you so much for joining the show today, and congratulations on uh, get being the leading vote-getter in the primary. I know that was a very tough race with five folks running for the District 1 seat. Uh, so thanks and congratulations. And first off, I know you spent a lot of time watching the Augusta Commission, so tell me what you think the Augusta Commission uh, is missing. What, what do they need the most? I think the some of the biggest things the commission's missing is a sense of humanity and friendship. Uh, we let too many things divide us as a nation and especially as a city. Well, unfortunately, the commission tends to do a lot of the same things. Uh, they let uh, the color of their skin or maybe their uh, political background just seems to convince a lot of them that they're much more different than they are alike, and I really believe it's the exact opposite. I believe that because we live in Augusta, that a lot of our children went to the same schools, that we eat at the same restaurants, that I think if we sat down and, and had more time to get to know each other, that I think they would get along a lot better, which would entail get a lot better decision-making happening. But unfortunately, talking to some of the commissioners I do, the only time they discuss the topics is during the commission meeting. And when there was a heated meeting a few weeks ago, I asked when they were gonna try and solve some of the problems and they said at the next commission meeting. And uh, that's just not the time to do it. So we really need to bring some, some uh, personalities together. We need to spend more time eating together and talking together and humanizing so that we can, uh, we can understand each other on a, on a more human scale. And we need new blood because there's too many old hurt feelings that are keeping people from moving forward. And having said that, tell me, um, 
how it is that you would go about filling that gap if you are uh, elected? Well, for one thing, uh, again, I'm from Augusta. I've been here my entire life. And I have a forgiving nature. You can't, if you hurt me yesterday, I'm not going to forget it, but I don't have the energy or desire to hold on to it and let it affect how I'm going to treat you tomorrow. And so I want to bring that, that sense of, uh, of let's work together. Yes, we didn't agree on this. And we may still not agree on this, but all these other things need to be worked on. So uh, I want to bring just a sense of uh, compassion. Uh, I'm a problem solver. I'm a natural born problem solver. I've been solving problems my entire life. And so I want to bring some outside the box thinking because with technology and just the ways of the world right now, a lot of the old ways of doing things aren't going to work now. And the more we listen to other people, whether it be department heads or even employees of the city or outside agencies that come up with ideas on how to solve our problems from uh, blight to flooding to all the different things we have, we really need to communicate better. And uh, I'm a great communicator and uh, we really need to listen to others. And I, I do that well. I have three young children, so I listen quite often to what they have to say. And uh, so I really want to, uh, to bring those qualities. And just the fact that I'm from the community and I want to unify. I want people to think of Augusta as a family rather than as uh, have a D or an R in front of their name or worry about skin color or any of the other things. Uh, I, I was told yeah. the other day that uh, we need to worry about, not worry about what's black and white, but worry about knowing what's wrong and doing what's right. And I really feel that uh, I can bring that to the commission. Okay, great. One last question. Is there something about you where people knew they'd be very surprised? What is it that people don't know about Michael Thurman? I'm a science fiction fan. I like to see what the world would be like through other people's eyes in the future. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons I can think outside the box because I really I don't have to be right all the time. I want to be correct in what I'm doing, but if what I'm doing is wrong, I really like to uh, get the right information out there. So uh, either of those two would probably work. All right, thank you so much. I yes, appreciate you spending some time with me today. Well, thank you. And I'll enjoy learning more about the candidates in the August 11th runoff for Augusta Commission District 1. Uh, next week, we'll have candidates for the District 3 race, and it is now time for us to close out, which means it's time for 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community, and offering you wisdom for decision-making to make sure that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Tune in next Wednesday here on WKZK at 1.30 p.m. because local matters. <laughs>